Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast to coast, we proudly present For Your Infilmation with Zach and John. Some movies are born great. Other movies are puppet masters. Welcome to For Your Inflammation, a podcast for good movies, better cocktails, and best friends. We are your hosts, John. And Zach. And uh, this may be the weirdest and worst March Madness movie that we have done yet. Um, Do you care to elaborate, Zach? I want to go on record and say I have never hated a movie. Never. Not once in my life. I went through my life saying, oh, there's good movies, there's bad movies. I've never come across something that defied being good or bad until you fucking made me watch Puppet Master. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I am appalled, yet intrigued. And not in, intrigued in a way that it's like, oh, I, I, maybe I should check out the rest of this. No, absolutely not. I do not want to watch any more movies in the Puppet Master series. I just want to keep it to this one. Because it is just astounding the levels of bad that it goes to. To the point where it's like, I don't even know if I can consider this bad anymore. This, It's just, it, I am left with the nullest feeling in the world. And, like, honestly, it felt like death. Watching Puppet Master felt like death. Alright, cool. Uh, I'm glad that you spilled your guts for us a little bit there. I'm glad you finally found a movie that you hate. Um, I... I basically found this movie in a dumpster. I, where so, else would you even find it? <laughs> yeah, so I was... This was like 2014, I think. And I was in a Walmart, and I walked by the $5 movie bin, and I was just looking for whatever seemed cool. And I found this, and I was like, I've never heard of this before. There were nine movies in this DVD set for $5. And I was like, nine movies for $5? I mean... It's got to be terrible, but it's a horror movie, and I'll watch a bad horror movie. That sounds like right. fun. And I watched them. I watched all nine of them. And Ow. I gotta say, it's a lot. I, because I thought I had found, like, a nugget, like, a special little nugget that was, like, my own thing and, like, other people knew about, but, like, nobody in my circles knew about at okay, all. Okay, I understand the want for that. But this? It's, yeah, it's like when you find a band and you're like, oh, have you heard of this band? Oh, they're so good. You say that and you ask people if they've heard of the band, but you know full well they haven't heard of the band before. I, I guess so. I guess so. I, I understand what you're saying. Like, it's fun to have that niche little thing that's just yours. Might I suggest it not being Puppet Master? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, definitely got some problems. Uh well, it's, it's main problem we'll get being there. We'll, that I don't even know if you could consider this a movie. It has no plot. I know it has a plot. We'll, we'll we'll digest the plot as we go on. So, let's talk March Madness for a second. So, like the Toxic Avenger, you knew about this movie, but you didn't watch it. You actually have my DVD copy of Puppet Master, and all these years you haven't watched it. And normally, uh, I would expect no one to have seen this, but you knew about it. You had it. You didn't watch it as well. So, what I was gives? honestly waiting to watch it with you, because I, di I didn't want to just watch it and then, like, not... I, I don't know. Like, it I don't really have a reason to not have seen this. But now I have a reason to tell other people not to watch this movie. 
Oh, okay. So you're not even going to tell them to watch it as a gag. No. Like, it, it, like there's so many other movies you could tell people to watch as a gag. Like, The Emoji Movie or Magnolia by Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, movies that are just plain bad that you could sell as good. I don't even know if you could sell this as good. I don't even know if I would wish this movie on anyone. It, 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 was ju- it is just that bad to me. Like, there's bad movies, and then there's Puppet Master. Okay, I, I see what you mean. Um, that being said, I'm sure that you consumed plenty of alcohol trying to get through this movie. Uh, why don't you give me your special, special Puppet Master All right, cocktail? The Puppet Master cocktail is going to consist of two items. A squirt gun and a bottle of your favorite bourbon. It is called the No Strings Attached. You are going to gently pour bourbon into the squirt gun. Do not miss a drop. You're going to need all of it. And anytime this movie makes you feel like you want to fucking kill yourself, put that squirt gun in your mouth and put some bourbon in there because good God, you're going to need it. Wow, uh, hot takes. Uh, that That's a pretty intense little uh, cocktail thing you got going on there, Zach. I uh, didn't know you felt so strongly. I wish I would have had a squirt gun because I would have done it. So there are a few reasons that I wanted to stack up a trauma movie and a full moon movie into this month's lineup. Um, full moon, of course, being the production company that made Puppet Master and many other movies that we'll talk about. And Troma being the ones, of course, that made Toxic Avenger and other lovable classics. But there's a lot of differences between mm-hmm. the two, I think. And they're... this might be a good way to split up camp and bad, I think. And here's why. So Troma makes movies that have insane concepts and the surprisingly coherent execution. So, like, the Toxic Avenger. Like, that's insane. Like, you have, like, a mutated superhero guy. He wears, like, a tutu. He kills people with a mop. He has to, you know, uh, fight evil in New Jersey. Like, uh, okay, cool. So that's, like, a weird superhero thing. Full Moon, a lot of the Full Moon movies have, like, viable concepts, but they they just don't work. Like, this one. Like, uh, the Egyptian secrets to life and uh, bringing back uh, an army of, like, uh, small, deadly... uh, We're going to call them familiars? They're puppets, but, like, you know, just as a concept. uh, That can, like, haunt people or that can attack people or whatever. That, that could work. That could actually have some horror viability, but it's just not done very well no, at all. Mainly because none of what you just said was explained in the fucking movie. Uh, okay, and I, maybe I am coming from it at a totally different angle because I've seen like nine of them. I have seen so many of these fucking movies. Right. But um, it's it's got a running plot, I guess. You, I, I understand. But what I want you to know... Is that I didn't even know the puppets had names until I looked it up. They don't even say that the puppets have names in the fucking movie. Uh, they, Jester, they talk about Jester, and I'm pretty sure someone mentions Blade as well. And Pinhead, they call him Pinhead. Uh, But again, this is as someone who's seen this movie like three or four times. So I have had a little bit of rewatch there and have figured out some of the little things. I don't know. There's a whole slew of like... fan lore here and there's like a whole bunch of products and stuff that people buy like you can get like collectible uh replicas of the puppets you can get figurines you can get like box sets with the puppets in like a big puppet display stage thing it's crazy and it's all really expensive but people go ham for this and i don't really know why 
uh trauma people do the same thing and i mean trauma's kind of grassroots it's like independent film like there's something you can really get behind there but full moon's not even like that full moon is like paramount took a shit because full moon is backed by paramount or at least was at the time of this which i'm sure after maybe four or five of these they were like hey guys uh you you do this we're we're, we're backing out <laughs> i guess uh, they have so many so many movies Let's talk about Full Moon for a second, though. Like, they have a little bit of history there. Uh, it was founded in 1988 by Charles Band, who's kind of a B-movie guy, a little bit like Roger Corman, kind of like a shitmeister. Um, and he partnered with Paramount for distribution and assistance to make these types of low-budget movies with big screen perks. So they were going to distribute it to theaters. They were going to do all this stuff. They had funding. They had equipment. They had all that stuff. But uh, they wanted to keep it, like, low budget they wanted to make more money off of less right movies. which is commendable i understand like the uh the thought process behind that but why would you use all of those resources to do this i think it's truly just uh hey we have it and i can promise you a million bucks and all i need is two hundred thousand. So there are people that, like, line up to see this shit then. Now there are. Uh, at the time, it was really just a one-and-done, like, uh, firecracker type thing. You just need people to think it's interesting and rent it once. That's all they needed to do. Because, again, these didn't end up going into theaters, necessarily. This one, in particular, did not. Um, prior to Full Moon, Band actually founded another company, Empire Entertainment. Yes. And uh, this is where we get some more recognizable movies like Reanimator, From Beyond, Terror Vision, Ghoulies, the infamous, like, troll movies. Those are all um, Empire now, Entertainment. Now, I love Reanimator. It's, it's a good, good one. Um, I have a very nice um, special edition of it from, uh, I think it's Arrow video. They make they make really cool, like, special edition or, like, limited edition Blu-ray sets. And it's really good. I like that one, so I don't know where the fuck this guy went wrong. I think it was just a... Just trying to do more of the same stuff. Uh, I guess he moved with the times a little bit. I, I get these other movies like Ghoulies. Ghoulies. I knew Ghoulies before I knew anything about Full Moon. Right. And then, and the troll movies, I mean, like, they're, they're infamous in their own right. It, they are. I would say that it's probably the least refined of the other Right, ones. like, the other ones, like, you could pass as movies. Troll, and I think more specifically Troll 2, you, you, you can't, it's so heavily mean. As a matter of fact, there is a documentary about Troll 2 called Best Worst Movie. And it's pretty good, like, yeah. it is to the point where people hate that love to hate that movie so much that they made a documentary about it much in the way that like they made a feature film out of the making of the room it is in the same vein yeah so so bad it's good can really take you places i don't think that it worked out with puppet master i think puppet master one might have been the only movie that actually did that and they had to make a lot of concessions for it um they, they kind of circumvented the theatrical releases like we mentioned earlier um most of their stuff after that decision was made went straight to laserdisc and vhs uh puppet master of course being the first of those which if that that is the only way i could see this being successful because Personally, I think this movie is less enjoyable than The Room. Because it... Or Troll 2, for that matter. It is it is literally so devoid of any emotion from me. Like, it, I've never felt so, like, null and cold in my life as I did watching this movie. It does give off vibes of hopelessness. It is... It, it, <laughs> that, that's it, the it only is, way this that movie I can... is just hopeless. 
And I, I can't imagine that any like, of these other movies are any different. Uh, which one are you talking about? Uh, Meridian, Kiss of the Beast, Demonic Toys, Shrunken Heads, Castle Freak, uh, Evil Bong, Gingerbread Man, starring Gary Busey, by the way, or uh, even more Puppet Master. There's like 14 of them now. As soon as I saw that these were the same people that made Evil Bong, I was like, oh, okay. I get it. Yeah, Evil Bong. I haven't watched Evil Bong yet, but I've been meaning to for seven I, years. I remember seeing Ginger Ginger Dead Man in the um in the blockbuster. Yeah. I, I remember that because the cover freaked me the fuck out as a kid. But even then, I was like, "That looks really stupid." Whatever that is, yeah, it looks I remember really Gingerbread. No, no, no. It's not Gingerbread Man. Yeah, it is G Ginger Dead Man. I just that's. Uh, there, there's Jack Frost too. Mm -hmm. uh, they make that one. Do you remember Jack yes, Frost? Yes, I remember what the cover for that one because it, it's. There's also another uh, family movie called Jack Frost, and they used to be side by side in Blockbuster. I. They have so many interesting titles. Uh, again, we'll go back to the trauma comparison. The concepts are interesting, and that's all they are. There's no substance behind the idea whatsoever. They're like, Evil Bong. Oh, it's like, okay, I gotta see what that's about. It makes you pick it up off the shelf. It's like, Evil Bong? What could possibly be an Evil Bong? And then you rent it for $3 or I think whatever it was. Five. It was and you take it home and you watch it, and you're like, Yeah, you watch it. This is terrible. You take it back. That's it. That, that's all they needed you to do was rent it once watch it once say it's terrible and send it back to the video which store. is is good is a good business practice but eventually you're gonna make one that everybody is like that like you're gonna hit all the niches and then you're gonna have no one to sell these things to except for like maybe your like little handful of fans which i hope is like 12 um, I'm gonna say that Full Moon has about the same recognition among, like, cult followings that Troma has. Which, I don't, I, I, I have no perspective. Like, I know that people know what Toxic Avenger is. I know that people know what Puppet Master right. is. I, I, but I have nothing to scale it by. Like, I mean, like, are we talking, like, Rocky Horror Picture Show level? Are we talking, like you know, midnight screening movie madness kind of things, because I've never seen anyone... Like, and I've been to a lot of independent theaters... Wow, that sounded so douchey. But anyway, I've been to a lot of independent theaters, and, like, you know, they'll play some of these cult movies, like, it's, like, midnight movies, or, like, you know, they'll have, like, an A and B movie. I've never once seen them play a full moon movie. Not once. Yeah. Um, it's more of the same type of thing that you get with anime fans. Okay. So people, yeah, they want to watch it, they wait for it to come out, they get it, they watch it again and again and again, and then they buy the merchandise, and then they have, like, a Facebook group that they're a part of. It's that okay, type of thing. Okay, so it's not, like, this massive underground thing that I'm not aware of. It's more of, like, a... You know, just a couple of people, like, maybe, like, a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand, that are, like, really, really into this. Because, like you said, they've made, like, these elaborate-ass, like, fucking collections that come with, like, reproductions of the puppets. So, like, that's what I mean. It's, like, obviously somebody is watching this that they would make even more than one of these. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen people with, like, tattoos and stuff, too. Like, people know what this is, and they care about it, or they at least think it's funny enough to support I just, it 
I, I, I mean, maybe I'm missing something, but, like, I just did not find any, like, humor or, like, hope in this movie at all. No, it's very hopeless. It's like when uh, the sun goes, like, behind clouds in your house and the lighting is just wrong enough for you to be like, God damn, that's dep-. You know what? That's exactly it. When when it, like, paints the sky, like, this horrible orange-red color and, like, it bleeds into your house and it feels hopeless and, like, the world is ending... That's exactly it. That's exactly how the fuck I felt while watching this movie. Just hopeless, awful nothing. Speaking of horrible, awful nothings, let's welcome our good friend Frank Synopsis to give us a uh, plot breakdown of this movie that I feel has no plot. Welcome to the show, Frank. Hey, hey, it's good to be back. I've been uh, doing a little bit of traveling as of late, and it's always good to be back. Hey, we're glad to have you back, Frank. Uh, what? Where did you go? I was at the International Puppeteer Symposium. Oh, no. Are are you a puppeteer? Do you do you enjoy working with puppets? Oh, of course I am. You didn't know this about me. I I did not. This is a this is news to me. So do you, do you like working with uh, marionettes? Do you like working with uh, ventriloquist dummies? Uh, hand 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 puppets. So like like little googly eyes on top of your head on top of your hand. Um, like what does that mean? Yeah, the same. Uh, may I introduce you to my favorite puppet, Barbara Streisand? Hand. Hello, it's me, Barbara oh, Streisand. Oh, hello, Barbara. Um, I would shake your hand, but uh, it appears that you are a hand. I've never been so offended that is, in my life. That is fair. Um, so, Frank, are you or uh, Barbie going to tell me about the movie? Well, I think, considering the context, it's almost like serendipity that I would be here after the symposium with Barbara. I think Barbara should do the synopsis. It's almost like we planned it. Go ahead, Barbara. In 1939, renowned puppeteer Andre Dulon discovered the ancient Egyptian art of giving life to inanimate objects and died protecting the art. Years later, a team of psychic researchers united the Bodega Bay Inn to honor their deceased partner Neil Gallagher. But all is not as it seems. Before his death, Gallagher had discovered Toulon's secrets and unleashed his cadre of tiny terrors loose on the Bodega Bay Inn. The Sackics use their guests to piece together the mystery of Gallagher's death and are hunted down by Toulon's creations. Oh, alright. Well, I mean, I guess if you were going to give this movie a plot, that would be it. Uh, thank you, Barbara. <laughs> Wonderful work, Barbara. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's okay. You don't have to stop oh, me like God. that. Oh, God. The implications of this are horrible. Um, so, Frank, is Barbara always with you, or do you... Or is she not there sometimes? I really don't understand. Uh, well, it's kind of a complicated relationship that you have with a puppet that literally is a part of your body. Um, I would say that she's here all the time, but sometimes she is not present all the time. Sometimes she lives in the deep, dark places inside of my brain. What a wonderful place to live inside of. All right, Frank and Barbara, thank you for all of your, um, information. Uh, you guys can go to the subway and go back to wherever the fuck you're going. Uh, we're riding in style on the subway. No bus for us today, Barbara. Oh, Frank, that's gonna be so good. Oh, thank you, Zach. I give you a kiss. Yikes. Alright, John, are you back? Uh, yeah. Um, so, the walls outside. Have you been kissing the walls outside? I have not. Um, I don't know where Frank found lipstick or if it's lipstick at all. But, um, he is currently using his hand as a puppet. I think he's finally losing it. Finally. Finally. I mean, like, he was eccentric before. Now this might be, uh, crazy. Huh, interesting. I've never seen so much lipstick at hip level on a wall. I did not need to know that. Um, please call the custodians. 
We have custodians? I mean, it's just you. I, I meant go clean it up. Oh. After we finish recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alright, so let's talk a little bit about the movie uh, in the specifics. So, it was released October 12, 1989 uh, and September 30th, 1992 by Paramount. Um, there is not a lot of really good information here with the release. It's kind of a muddled mess. So, it was finished in 1989... But it wasn't distributed by Paramount until 1992, but most, like, copyrights are dated for 1989 or earlier. Okay, so what you're telling me is they had a real hard time selling this. Um, I think so. I think it was uh, trying to figure out the distribution plan for it, uh, trying to find places that would take it, maybe. I don't really know. Um, it was directed by David Schmoller and uh, produced by Pope Perello and Charles Band. Uh, of course, talking about Charles Band earlier, kind of heads up the Full Moon Entertainment team, He is the Walt Disney. Uh, written by Kenneth J. Hall. Yeah, he's like the terrible, terrible Walt Disney. It was written by Kenneth J. Hall, uh, who was also known for writing Jack Frost, Ghoulies, Ghoulies 2, and Baby Geniuses. Oh, okay, movies. so that one made it to theaters. I... Uh, it was also written by David Schmoller, the director. Surprising. This yeah. feels like a um, It had a budget of 400000 It is. I think all of them are. Like, I know with Troma, they are. They 100% are. They're not making any real money on that. Um, These guys really did this as, like, a shysty gag. Like, they were really just trying to put in a minimum amount of money and make the most money back. So, I don't know how successful they were with that, because while the movie has a budget of $400,000, it's not really possible to track box office revenue, because it did not actually get a traditional theatrical release right, at so all. Right, so you'd have to see, like, what the blockbuster, like, ticket, like, rental revenue was. But I don't know if there's really any way yeah, to know Yeah, and that, that... I don't even know... No, there's no metric, I don't think. Bad. So we'll never truly know how much they made from this movie. I hope it I hope it was nothing. No, yeah, I, I bet you do. I bet you do hope it was nothing. Um, the movie stars Paul Lamatt as Alex Whitaker, uh, who's actually also in American Graffiti, which was one of George Lucas's earlier films. Good, good on him for getting at least one good movie in before he went to this. Yeah, most of them were not so lucky. Uh, Irene Miracle as Dana, uh, Catherine O'Reilly as Clarissa, and Jamie Skaggs as Neil Gallagher. Uh, not to be confused with Noel Gallagher, who might be Justice Infamous. <laughs> Noel Gallagher, if you don't know, is the uh, lead singer of, o or was the lead singer of Oasis. Yeah. So which one was worse, Oasis or Puppet um, Master? Puppet Master for sure. Oasis has redeeming qualities. There's more to Oasis than Wonderwall. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, would it be fair to call them like, uh, like, like a reissued Beatles? It's like if the Beatles had made music in the 90s, but, like, they were really just about making the money. But, th th in the same breath, they do have a lot of great songs. Like, uh, their first album, Definitely Maybe, is very good. Um, there's a couple of cuts off of, um, What's the Story, Morning Glory, that are great, including, um... Don't Look Back in Anger, which is kind of like a unofficial national anthem of the UK. It is a really good it, song. It is a good song. Like, there, there is a lot more to Oasis than Wonderwall. So if, if you're an Oasis hater because you, you've dated too many guys that play acoustic guitar and only know how to play Wonderwall, um, first of all, you have a type, and your type is going to do that. And yeah. second, <laughs> give their other discography a chance. It, it's pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. As much as I like to bang on Oasis, uh, they're they're not all that bad. They're really not. Uh, as far as the reception of Puppet Master goes, it was uh, 
unremarkable. There really wasn't a lot of information out there because, again, it did not get a traditional theatrical release, so it did not really garner any attention that way. Um, Dread Central, which is like an online review source, so it gave it a 3 out of 5 for honesty and atmosphere. What? And uh, cited it as one of the better killer toy type movies. Uh, how can you say that when fucking Child's Play exists? And Child's Play is also not a good okay. movie. But it is way better than this. Right. I, yeah, but I think when we look at killer toy type movies, like, what exactly do we have? I'm not going to count Small Soldiers. Small so Soldiers is a great What else movie. do we have? Right, but it's definitely not a killer no, toy No, no, no. It, it's attempted toy homicide i <laughs> all right so we're gonna put a, a legal definition to it now we're gonna put we're gonna well, yeah, because it's small soldiers they, they they do try to kill humans they are just unsuccessful at doing so but they do kill each other so i don't know it's toy on toy hom homicide attempted toy on human homicide all right um this movie has a 5.7 out of 10 on imdb and currently has a rotten tomato score of 50 percent I, so that means it's mixed. That means it's half and half. It it means you either love this or you hate it. Yeah. And I, I, I guess that's how it has to be. I don't think there's any middle ground. I, I don't think you could watch this movie and not have some sort of like emotional reaction to it. Not because of anything happening in the movie, but because of what is happening to you while watching the movie. If you get some sick kick out of watching something like this like just completely devoid of any substance then okay cool you love it and if you're like me and you're like why the fuck is this even a thing you're in the hate it category so 50 percent actually makes a lot I of suppose sense so yeah it's probably a lot of 100s and a lot of zeros I, I think the thing with this movie is that a lot of people that don't like it won't even finish watching it they're definitely not going to go review it on rotten tomatoes right and if i had not been doing it for this podcast I would not have watched it all the way through. Like, honestly, most of the movies we do on here, I watch two or three times to try and catch things or, like, find new information. I watched this once, mm -hmm. and I don't think I will ever watch it again. Oh, now, no? if, if me and you were hanging out and you put on Puppet Master 2, I might be okay with that, just so maybe it'll make Puppet Master 1 make sense, but I don't think I will ever watch Puppet Master 1 again. What about uh, Puppet Master 10, Axis of Evil, or uh, Puppet Master's The Littlest Do I right? have to watch any of the other movies for any of those to make sense? I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yeah, yet. Yeah, you said you've watched 1 through 9, or, like, there, there's an Origins one in there somewhere. There is. That one, I don't know exactly where it ranks in the timeline. Well, I don't it's, know exactly um, it's what Andrew Toulon's story, and, um, interestingly enough, uh, this is, it, there's a little bit of bad movieception there. Because um, hmm. the guy that plays Mark in The Room also plays Andrew Toulon in Puppet Master Origins. Of course he And he did, did that before he did um, The Room. Nice. Okay, so that one's actually pretty old. Then. Yeah, that, that one's pretty old because The Room came out in 2001 or two, I believe. The, the, the late 90s to early 2000s is rampant with movies like this. Yeah, it is. I think it was maybe like the death rattle of Blockbuster, or like maybe that was peak Blockbuster right before the death rattle, because they would have had to have had a lot of business going on and have a lot of foot traffic to peddle these types of I, things. I, that, that is the thing. I know we're going off on a tangent here, but like the death of Blockbuster was so sudden. Like, because they were like, they were like yeah. a big ass company from like the 80s all the way up until like the mid 2000s. 
And then when Netflix started doing online streaming, you know, Blockbuster held on for a little bit. It wasn't like... But as soon as you could use Netflix to watch it on your TV, either through via game console or via smart TV, that is when Blockbuster died. Like, and it was so quick. Yeah, it took a few months, I remember. Yeah, and like, a couple of Blockbusters held on. There's still one. There's still one, and it's because uh, Blockbusters were franchisees. So, Mm. like, they still own that Blockbuster, but they own it independently now. Okay, I kind of like that. It's kind of like what you do with a Subway, I guess. Yeah, or a Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is also a franchisee franchise. Okay, I see what you mean. Uh, getting back onto the movie, uh, do you have a favorite or least favorite scene? Like, do you have parts of this movie that are high and low for you, or was it all just abysmally um, great? It would be, I would want to just say abysmally great, but if I had to pick a favorite scene, oh god. I guess it would have to be, um, all of Dana's arc. Like, Dana was a character that I didn't hate throughout the entire movie. Um, I think the character I hated the most Mm. was Alex, because I just wanted to punch his stupid face the whole time. That guy has a punchable ass face. And, um... I see what you mean. And, um, I... I enjoyed her death scene, I guess, a little more. Like, I, I know that is a, a horrible thing to say, but her death scene was probably the best one. Although, I think the weakest ass puppet in this movie is Leech Woman. Because what the fuck even is that? It's not even scary. It's just okay. weird. I th- This would be a good time to talk about the puppets, I guess. So, I'm going to try to remember all the puppets off the top of my head. Uh, there's... There's a name for it. I don't remember what it's called, but it's the like the the Chinese puppet in the beginning. Uh, that guy doesn't appear again. Uh, then there's Jester, and there's Pinhead, which is the big guy with the tiny head. Um, there's Blade, which is he's like the main puppet. He's like the ringleader. Uh, there's Tunneler, which is the guy with the drill on his head, and there's Leech Woman. I don't think I'm missing any other ones, am I? I wouldn't know, but Leech Woman was the one that stood out to me as like, why is she here? Like, like... Uh, because it, in the origin story, you find out that uh, Andre Toulon actually took his wife's soul and trapped it inside of that puppet because she was dying, and um, that's why that puppet exists. Okay, I, I had a similar idea while watching this movie because I kind of got that vibe that 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 like these had to have been people's souls and that would make for a much more interesting movie but you'd have to make andrew toulon not like a uh, tragic character he has to be a villain like he has to be he has to be doing this for financial or like personal gain i think at first he was and i don't know again i I haven't seen all the movies i don't know all of it It, nor is it relevant to this one movie but there are reasons why they are the way that they are and uh, most of it centers around nazism so that's where you start getting a little fringy with this stuff and uh we don't have enough time to dig that far into it I, i think for me this movie my favorite scenes are the it's the middle section of the movie where it's the puppet kill scenes so where the puppets do most of their killing i think is probably my favorite part just because it's more entertaining and i'm not gonna call any of it scary because it's really not uh i think my least favorite parts are the ballroom scenes i am so fucking tired of looking at that ballroom it was a little devoid of anything like it was so like it almost looked like purgatory so it just looked like vast nothingness 
And it, it, it was indeed horrible. I completely agree. Um, it kind of looks like a, like a Bauhaus music video shit the bed. You know what? Perfect. You, you, you did it. You, you, you found the perfect analogy. Um, I think if I was going to pick a least favorite scene, oh God, I, I just think the whole relationship between uh, Frank and Clarissa is like fucking horrible. Like it, it's, it's just not good. Like it, it, it makes weird, yeah. me, it makes me a little queasy. Cause I'm like, is she like his student? Is she like his assistant? Is he taking advantage of her? Like, what is this shit? Like, it's kind of gross. Like, is she his wife? She is his wife, right? Uh, they are romantically involved. I don't know if they're married or not, but they are lovers. Okay, it, it just, it feels kind of gross. Like, it, it definitely feels very, like, 90s-ish. I don't know if it would have been gross in the 90s either. Also, I'm going to circle back around to the leech woman thing. So, d- does Leech Woman, like, all right. suck all the blood out of him? Like, like how does that work? Like, I don't understand. Like, how does that kill him? I... It's not a perfect concept. The leeches get really big. I think it's more so just a, like, weakening a person so they can't fight the other puppets. I guess so. Like, and what does Pinhead do? Like, is he just really strong? Like... Yeah, he's really strong. <sighs> How did this not got, get turned into a Saturday morning cartoon? Like, I, I feel like it's perfect for a Saturday morning cartoon. Um, I mean, if the Toxic Avenger got one, then they definitely could have done one with this. I I don't know. Maybe it was like the Nazi imagery was too much. I, I guess so. But, I mean, you could take that out. Like, honestly, you know what I was thinking about the whole time? This would be so much cooler if it was voodoo. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. Like, I feel like it would give it more purpose. And don't have Andrew Toulon die in in the beginning. Like, I, I legitimately, as soon as this movie was over, I was like, I feel like if you were going to remake a movie, because Hollywood's just rampant with remakes, why not this one? Like, the horror... I think it could be Like, re-imagined. if you did, like, a Jordan Peele-type reimagining of this, like they're doing with Candyman right now, although Candyman's a great movie... Um, <laughs> this is not. Like, that would be so cool. Like, why don't we remake movies that were fucking horrible and then, like, make them good? Like, you know, like, and have rules about it. Like, do a whole series. Like, you could do this one. You could do, like, a Toxic Avenger remake. Like, I... I think Toxic Avenger's kind of hands-off at this point. Like, it is so beloved for what it that is. That is fair. That I, I don't... Yeah, I don't think you would get enough people that aren't into the Toxic Avenger, and then the people that are into the Toxic Avenger would not like it because of what it <laughs> right, is. Right, right, right. Anyway, uh, uh, this movie doesn't have that problem. This movie, I mean, like, and also, I know there's a fan base around this, but I feel like enough people don't know what this is, to the point where I think you could remake it and get away with it. Especially if you had, like, a good, like, script and good direction going with it. Like, honestly, it needs to go darker. Like, I think that's also part of the problem. Is I don't think it goes dark enough. I see what you mean. Um, it could just be an atmosphere thing. It could be a writing thing. I mean, who knows? Um, maybe if they did a new one, it could be like, um, trying to think of a really dark movie. Um, Hereditary. Yeah, you could do something like that. Like, you could make a prestige film out of this. Because you could make a prestige film out of anything. Like, if you get A24 involved, maybe get Jordan Peele involved, maybe have Blumhouse produce it, this movie could be great. 
okay, well, maybe in the future we'll have to do one. Maybe we'll have to do a reimagining of it. We'll have to write it out. Maybe we can even do the whole movie. Wouldn't that be Dude, fun? Dude, you know what? Let's write a script. Let's send it out. Fuck it. <laughs> no, no, no one I'm else is it. trying. Um, that's true. That's true. We'd have to get the rights from Blue Moon. I wonder what it'll cost uh, us. Probably a penny. I don't know. But, yeah. Oh, that would be great. Now now I have all these ideas floating around. Anyway, let's move on. Right. So why don't we talk a little bit about some of the weird stuff and the legacy of this movie. Um, there are a lot of sequels, that, as we've mentioned already. Uh, there are at least 11 of them. I think there may actually be more now. And it is insane trying to keep track of all of them. Uh, on YouTube, there actually is a chronological like explanation of it. And I would recommend that to anybody who watches this and is like, what the hell is that? Because it might actually explain some things to you if you care. Um, <laughs> it, it takes a lot less time than watching the whole movie, taking notes, uh, smoking a cigarette, and putting up those little yarn tracks all over your wall with the pushpin photos into it. You know, like you're some kind of weird detective in a film Or your Charlie Day. Yeah, yeah, just like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's talk puppets, though. Uh, the puppets are maybe, like, the biggest part of the movie. I think... Um, clearly they use puppeteering to do the puppets it's not cgi uh which i i think that might also be a challenge of remaking this movie uh is that the legacy would be kind of undone if you allowed cgi to be used instead of actual puppets. why why not have actual puppets though like uh the jim henson workshop is into doing some weird shit man if you can get them involved you're fucking set hey that's an idea um the leech woman puppet like you were talking about before um it has a it had a latex mouth and jaw that stretched but the rest of the puppet was a solid and the leech is actually permanently attached inside of it like a tongue and so when the leech comes out of it they do the shot and then when they want to do another one they just reset the effect and shoot it again coming out of the puppet's mouth through the rubber you know i could kind of i kind of saw that because a lot of this movie, it looks like the same shot reused over and over again. Yeah, it's really similar just for the effect they had to reset it and do it Yeah, again. I definitely got that, so that makes sense. Yeah, uh, the Blade Puppet, which is the one with the white face and the knife hand, um, it took five puppeteers to operate, and it's actually based on German actor Klaus Kinski, who is in the 1979 version of Nosferatu. That's cool. I'm glad to see that, like, he's definitely yeah. the most recognizable puppet. Like, I could definitely tell that that was, like, the first puppet came up with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Tunneler is also one of the, like, big names. Uh, there's three of them, and they're all Nazi puppets, ironically. But um, there's Blade, there's Tunneler, and then there's another one. I don't remember what it's called, but he's basically, like, a... He's like a flamethrower puppet, and he has like uh, one of those World War One like, spiky helmets on. Okay, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, th that one I think appears in the second movie. Uh, speaking of puppets that make it in in the later movies, there is another puppet that actually got cut from this movie, which is a six-armed ninja with guns. I, okay. <laughs> I don't know what I expected. Yeah, so th they scrapped that idea, and then in Puppet Master 3, it brought it back with Six Shooter, who is actually one of the more recognizable puppets. He is a cowboy with six arms and has a revolver in each hand. I I think that's a better concept. I can't. I can't. I yeah, can't. A ninja I can't with believe guns. I had to pick between a ninja with six guns and a cowboy with six guns. But for some reason, cowboy with six guns makes more sense. I guess for some reason, if you, if you, like, yeah. it's one of those like, <laughs> if you have to, I would go with the cowboy. Sure. 
That that would be my suggestion. He looks a lot like Woody from Toy Story. That makes a lot of sense. Puppet Master 3 probably came out around the same time as Toy Story. So I, I could see the inspiration. Do the puppets ever go to war with each other? Um, There is a whole series of movies in the Full Moon catalog that is the Puppet Master puppets versus the uh, Evil Dolls uh, series. Because they have a whole other series of killer dolls. And then they have the puppets, and they have them fight. Like, Freddy versus Jason style. I, I... You know what? That's it. Will to live is gone. <laughs> Plague, come and get me. I... It, it's a lot, but it's charming in a certain sense, I think. And it's good to know that there are people out there that are still trying to be this ridiculous. I'm glad to know that it hasn't been totally lost. There is a little bit of magic that surrounds stuff like this, where it is truly something that people don't know about. It's something people truly don't understand. If you find it, and you get into it, it's kind of your thing. It's your baby. It's your little poo-poo nugget. <laughs> Boo-boo keys! I love you! Um, but, like, I understand that. Like, th there's movies that I love that are like that. There's music that I love that's like that, where it's like, oh, cool, me and... And now with the internet, you can be like, oh, cool, me and, like, a hundred other people like this. That's cool. That's yeah. fun. And I understand the appeal of that, and as much as I shat on this movie, obviously it wasn't for me. Like, if it brings you joy, I don't see why not. However, I just really, really, really don't understand it. I, I, I almost feel like, like a thirty-year-old trying to understand TikTok right now. Like mm. that's the way I feel with Puppet Master. Like I feel like there's so much I'm not understanding, and it's not even worth my time to try and understand it. Also, like, am I getting? I, I, I keep getting this vibe, and I keep, I kept meaning to say it, but there's never a good time. But now that we're reaching towards the end of the episode, I'm just gonna say it. I feel like there has to be some sort of Puppet Master and Juggalo crossover. Like, those fans cross over into... Like, they bleed into each other. Like, cause especially with, like, all the Nazism um, and stuff. Like, I feel like they just, like, they might go hand in hand. I think there has to be a certain amount of crossover. Or at least the type of person that gets into being a Juggalo is probably the same type of person that gets into these movies. Especially, like, Evil Bong. Like, maybe not necessarily Puppet Master, but if we're just, like going out into the rest of the full moon catalog if you want to call it that um like mm -hmm. i feel like there has to be some sort of bleed over because it, it felt very similar like i, I felt i felt yeah. this I, and i think it's just a samey feeling i felt the same way watching this movie as i do trying to listen to icp like i'm just like Ugh. yeah it's almost like the back section of a spencer's threw up in the mouth of like a spirit halloween store perfect <laughs> you described that's a, that's about what was that, going on yeah here. it and you know like this this is like this is like finding someone who has like a bunch of juggalo stuff and a chucky doll in their house as opposed to like the yeah. hot goth girl you go over to her house and she has a bunch of those living dead dolls from hot topic two different vibes mm -hmm. same thing yeah there's a certain smell to that it's almost like latex halloween mask and it's almost like vanilla pudding and it's really like dusty and yeah, nasty. It, it, it's mostly just urine it's just urine yeah, there's some of that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a bucket of urine. Anyway, I, I'm really... I'm not shitting on anybody. Juggalos, please don't come after me with your hatchets or whatever. I, I really I really don't need that Fago. in my life. Fago. Dude. Yeah, Fago. In, They're coming after In Pennsylvania, they sell Fago in, like, gas stations. Of course. Yeah, I, that's why when, we, when I moved up here, I was like, oh, no. Is being a Juggalo a bigger thing up here than I, than I was led to believe? 
And luckily... I think you got to go over to Ohio. That's probably more what it is. Yeah, I've been to Ohio, and Ohio is where Juggalos are born and bred. Nice. I believe it. Yeah. Ohio, Ohio, you are a horrible state. I'm sorry. I hate Ohio. Why do we have this state? Damn. It, it, uh, you know, there are a few places in the U.S. that I think we realistically could just evacuate and turn into a landfill. Um, I think Ohio makes the top ten. Ohio, like, um, Oklahoma, like, Omaha for sure. Um, fucking, I don't know, half of Nevada. Half of Nevada basically is a That's landfill. what I'm saying. It's like, we've already done this with Nevada and it's worked. We'll keep the cool parts of the state and we'll get rid of the rest of it. Okay, I'm into this idea. First, we're going to have to remake Puppet Master. we got a lot of stuff on our plate. Okay, yeah. So first of all, we got to make a film studio. We're probably going to have to make a movie before we make the remake Puppet Master. We're going to have to, like, prove that we know what we're doing. So we'll make, like, a little, like, comedy thing. Then we'll make, like a like, a prestige horror film. And then we'll go make the Puppet Master remake. And then after we get all the money from that, we will start a presidential campaign, and then we will fix the United States. We're going to start by fixing movies, and then we're going to fix the fucking world. Yeah, then we're going to go get a double-double at In-N-Out Burger. Hell yeah. I don't know what that means, because I don't live in California, but I'm here for it. Alright, I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, so for 4-Year Inflammation, I'm Zach. And go I'm see John. a new movie this week, guys.